It's all over, but some say it's only just begun for women who play football. And even though England were crowned champions, the real winner this summer was the sport itself. What a brilliant month of football it's been at the Women's Euro 2022 tournament. And what a superb final at Wembley on Sunday, where England beat Germany 2-1 in extra time. We promised we'd be back here on RT Junior Radio to review it all, and here we are. Addison, Harry and myself Jack your football pundits, fans and experts, I suppose. And this is Two Habs. Coming up on the show. We talk to football and RTA commentator for the Euros, Stephanie Roach, who was at Wembley on Sunday and has been following this tournament the whole way through. We get the reactions from some of the England players who were on an absolute high after making history. And we hear from you and what you thought of the Euros, the highs, the lows, the shocks and of course, the football. Before the tournament even began, we all made predictions here on Two Halves and unfortunately we were all wrong about our predictions. Addison, what happened to your prediction, the Netherlands? Well, I don't really think they were good enough. Vivian Miedemar didn't show up and they just weren't good enough. Didn't she get covid yeah, of course, she missed the game, but she when she came back, she just wasn't good enough. She wasn't at her full form. Well, of course, it was France that knocked the Netherlands out in the quarterfinals, and then France got knocked out by Germany in the semifinals. Germany beat Austria in the quarterfinals. France were looking very good. They were playing excellent football, but they didn't look like they had the heart to make it to the final. Like, And it's the same for the men's team. It's all skill, but the work rate, I don't think, is there to really start winning titles internationally but they were fantastic footballers and I can't discredit them yeah France their players against Germany they just weren't physical enough the Germans were getting past them every time and they scored a lucky enough goal against Germany as well a great shot from outside of the box but it hit the post and then the goalkeeper backed it in accidentally so without that France wouldn't even have been close to Germany in that semi-final and Pop of course scored the two goals and then got injured in the warm-up there for the final yesterday. Obviously a massive, massive loss. Yeah, it was very sad what happened to her. Like, that injury right before the match, very unlucky. Yeah, like, I'd be gutted if that ever happened to me. What is the chances like? Yeah, lads, I predicted the Netherlands, but you predicted Spain. What happened to your team? Look, Spain were the favourites coming into the Euros, actually. A bit shocking to see him get knocked out in the quarterfinals, but obviously you're playing a team like England who went on to win the Euros. Uh, a very high quality team and they just weren't up to standard against England so yeah Spain were a letdown for me but England deserved to win against them. Which brings us to England and their campaign and then to the final. England had the home advantage as well in this tournament they won every game in the tournament they only let in a few goals in the whole thing and the group stage they let in one goal which was a Northern Ireland goal a real shock that finished 4-1 that day, so it wasn't much of a big goal. Northern Ireland were delighted with that goal, obviously, but they went out in the group stage as well. As Norway, who were our dark horses, we thought they'd be going to the semis, knocked out in the group stage. And um, England, they had those leaders. They had 
Leah Williamson, the team captain playing for Arsenal, you'll be delighted, Addison. Uh, she played very well for the whole tournament. Beth Mead as well was great. She was the player of the tournament. They also had those Man City players like Lucy Bronze, who was brilliant. Even Ellen White had a great game against Norway. And they're super subs. They were Russo. just impact subs. Yeah, Russo yeah, was the, great. The likes of Russo, who got four goals this tournament, coming off the bench, it's great to have an option like that. She scored my goal of the tournament the back heel against Sweden in that semi-final. So, yeah, they have a great bench and a brilliant team that were just unmatched by any other team in the tournament. Yeah, you have to give it to them. England played really well and great football. And that back heel, what a goal. That was the best goal tournament for me as well. You could watch that goal over and over again and you wouldn't get sick of it. I really agree with Bet Mead as the player of the tournament. And Lauren Hemp was a great player as well. And Bet Mead was linking up really well with Millie Bray. Actually, speaking of Millie Bray, here's Millie Bray and Mary Herbs talking to RTE Sports afterwards. I keep pinching myself, is this real? But yeah, it's everything we've wanted, we've worked hard for, and yeah, we've had a lot of challenges this tournament. But yeah, we hope everyone's enjoyed uh, the performances that we've put in. You know, we have to embrace this moment, it's a lifetime opportunity. These moments don't come around often, so we're going to soak up every single minute of it. But um, yeah, once that's soaked in, it's back to work. and. Yeah, obviously focus on the next one. I think as a nation, we want to keep doing our fans proud. But yeah, first and foremost, we've just won the Euro. So yeah, what a night. I think you've seen all tournament long how important our 23 players are and how everybody's come on and made uh, made an impact. That just shows the strength of the group, the depth of the squad, how much talent we've got. Um, and everyone should enjoy it because they've played their part. I hope that it takes the game to new heights. I hope that people now... Georgia Stanway mentioned something earlier about people need to stop talking about how big the women's game's getting and how big it is and I think she's absolutely spot on with that I think you know you can respect it in its own right and its own entity I think you see that throughout the tournament the crowds and and the performances that we've delivered and hopefully the only way is up god they really sound excited there we also obviously have to bring up Chloe Kelly the woman of the hour who scored the winning goal in the second half of extra time being her first senior goal as well here she is talking to Orhi Spore and her thoughts on the bench and the game it's one moment one moment you wait for these moments and when i came on the pitch i just kept looking at the keeper like i'm gonna score against you that's how that's how i feel inside you have that belief in in you and yeah we we believed in ourselves today what a wonderful group of girls we have and we stick by the game plan we stick by each other and we fight each each battle together and we have a brilliant 23 and and background staff as well and that's what we believe in it's not it's not our starting 11 it's our it's our whole team it's our background staff and we all stuck together to get here and every Every person in the group deserves this medal because they've been absolutely brilliant. And the manager, Serena Wiegmann, is it a coincidence that she's won the tournament with the last two teams she's been with? Because last time in 2017 with Netherlands she won it and she's just after winning it there with England. Is it her great style of play or just coincidental that she's had two good teams? I don't think at this level of football coincidences occur. Like You can't win back-to-back Euros and say it's lucky because it takes a star-studded team and a star-studded manager to even get to the final of the Euros yet to win it twice so no it's not coincidental and she's one of the best managers in women's football at the moment like she's incredible well after the Netherlands got knocked out I had me thoughts on England and the manager she's really great she's a great manager and I like I like her the way she plays like the same 11 
same eleven and she puts on great subs at the right time. She's really popular, like on the team. She has all the respect of all the players. Well, before we wrap up, it is interesting, a fact for you. I don't know if you know this yet, Addison and Jack. But the last time England won a senior tournament, the women weren't even allowed to play football. <laughs> Bobby Moore and the lads were back then playing Pele and them like uh, long, long ago, Harry. I don't even know if it was televised in colour now, it was so long ago. Overall though, lads, this is brilliant for women's football and a major milestone having Wembley sold out and so many attendances throughout the whole tournament uh, across the UK. Yeah, that's right, Jack, with the sellout of 87,192 people there. So, yeah, it's brilliant to see that women's football is finally getting the recognition it deserves. I think starting from this Euros, the women's football is going to grow and it's just going to keep going. And hopefully we get more young girls playing football. And hopefully we can keep this buzz going for our own international women's team with their crucial qualifying games next month for the World Cup. Well, you may have heard her excellent co-commentary on RTE Sport at the Women's Euros final. And she joined us here at Two Halves straight afterwards after the action ended at Wembley Stadium. Piedmont United and Republic of Ireland footballer and pundit Stephanie Roach. What a match. Have you any voice depth to talk to us? <laughs> just about what a tournament it's been though. And just, I think the best thing about the game today was the crowd to see so many people at Wembley Stadium to watch a Women's Euros final was, was brilliant to see. The match maybe didn't live up to what we expected from it, maybe from the start, but still a lot of entertainment moments within it and good goals within the game. But as I said, the most important thing for me was to see so many people coming out to watch the the match live. You could say that the bench won this game for England, especially when it came to impact subs. Ella Toon gave the Lionesses the lead in the second half and Chloe Kelly got the winner in the second half of extra time. Her first senior goal too. What did you make of the subs today? Yeah, well, I think it's been an ongoing kind of trend within the tournament, hasn't it? She's stuck with the same start in 11 the whole way through, but the substitutes have been the same as well. We kind of expected to see Tune for Kirby, Mead or Kelly for Mead, Russo for White, and that happened, you know. But as I said, throughout the tournament, they've come on. Russo scoring, I think it was the four goals she scored from, from the bench. Like, so that's brilliant to see. And I think from Vigman's point of view, to have players you can bring in off the bench to make an impact like that particularly in the final, because I kind of did think maybe that could be an issue with coming on in a game where it's going to be such high stakes that it might not work it the same way it has in the previously in the tournament. But the players stepped up and fantastic finish from, from Toon, I think, for the, for the first goal. And then obviously, um, Chloe Kelly found herself in the right place at the right time for the second. Some celebration after that one too. Anyway, <laughs> there was drama before that game even kicked off with the loss of Alexandra Pop to warm-up injury. That surely had a massive impact on the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think even before that, um, Bull, who was played on the left side of midfield for them, was brilliant in the previous game. She obviously missed the last game due to COVID and, and again missed this game. So she was a big loss. So on top of that, then it was pop, I think, was really, really big for Germany. In the second half, Germany, uh, they got a lot cleaner and they played more football. But in the first half, they were reckless, destroying the England players a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think Oberdorf is kind of one of the players that stands out in terms of the tackle she was putting in, but that's kind of how she's played in the whole tournament so far. I think we noticed that and we said that in the first half of South and Dara, we were saying that Germany just couldn't get the ball, foot on the ball and play a little bit. And that definitely changed at the start of the second half. You could see players like McGull got on the ball a bit more. 
making things happen kind of in that midfield area. And as I said, Oberdorf kind of sitting in behind, making sure nothing got through. So Germany definitely were better in that second half. I think they showed signs that, um, the, of the team that they have been. And obviously with the changes that they've been forced into, kind of they, they settled a bit more within that second half. I think, look, overall, I think England's, in most games they've played so far, have have reacted and, and come back from, from setbacks within the games and, and done what they've had to do to win. So I think, as I said, it was back and forth throughout the game, but in the end they won it. So it's home now, as they say. <laughs> what do you think was written on that note? That was being passed around. There's a lot of speculation. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I found it funny to see uh, Alessia Russo having a look over her shoulder. We were kind of slagging to see if she has a nose a bit of German or not. But um, look, I think, as we said, the Germans had to kind of change things up quite a bit. Um, a lot of changes, in fairness to Fontes de Burger. She brought on a few players that made difference as well, but it just wasn't to be for them tonight, unfortunately. And what do you think happened to Sweden and the Netherlands? And then there's Spain and even France. Yeah, well, I think for Sweden in particular, I think it was quite a poor tournament. I think they came into the tournament probably as, as most people's favourites after they're showing in the Olympics. They showed some, some quality play. And I think the biggest problem for them was that they had no kind of plan B. They were very one-dimensional. They kind of, they were able to play against teams who, who had space in behind, but any team that kind of sat in against them, they found it very difficult to break down. And it was it was, un, it was a bit surprising. I think players like Rolfo stood out at times during the tournament for, for the players they have. And, as I said, the hype around them coming into the tournament, I think they were very disappointing. Netherlands, I think, were affected by Medina's injury. She was a big loss, or sorry, the COVID. She was a big loss to them, and obviously their goalkeeper getting injured too. So they had a couple of kind of, I wouldn't say excuses, but reasoning behind kind of things that didn't go right for them. And I think France, in fairness, were quite good the whole way through, and particularly with stuff before the tournament, kind of players being left out and stuff. I thought they were actually decent for the whole way through, but lost to a good Germany team. What do you think the England team's chances are now at the World Cup when you bring the Americans into the equation? Yeah, look, it's a different test for them, isn't it? I think we've seen them come close in the She Believes Cup a few times now. And I spoke about it in commentary. I think before you would have always had the Scandinavians, the Germans, the Americans. But I think England really are getting closer. I think you can see the, the progress they've made with the investments from the FA, the WSL with the Premier League clubs coming in and, and putting more and more money into their, their women's teams. They've been given a bit more of a a bit more support and I think it's shown because I mean, they had good quality players they're fit they're all full-time footballers and as I said they're all athletes now and they're all kind of playing full-time football which is a huge boost going into a major tournament. Media coverage for this Euros has been fantastic and a lot of our friends boys and girls got really into it this summer. The games and the players were different level do you think this is yet another game changer for women's football? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the important thing to know here. As I said before, um, when we spoke about the game, I think the most important thing for me was to see so how many people came out to watch the game. Um, I've been you know, outside Wembley. We're staying just close to Wembley. We've been here since, since early this morning. And the crowd's been building from early on. And I think the interest in women's football has grown immensely. And I think, obviously, the fact that it's very close to Ireland as well, we're hoping it might have a knock-on effect. I know the game against Finland and Tata Stadium is sold out. So, Please God, we can kind of jump on the, the bandwagon a little bit. We can get people behind us a little bit more because overall, that's what you want. You want to see Ireland being able to qualify for the major tournaments and get that support from our people back home. But definitely, I think this Euros has been the best so far and it's really opened a lot of people's eyes to, to the quality that is involved in women's football. Yes, Stephanie. And as you mentioned, Ireland now have a World Cup qualifying campaign to concentrate on. 
With the form of the women's team, you can't help but wonder how well the Republic of Ireland would have done in this tournament. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the question mark that was over, particularly when you see how Northern Ireland got there. They got there through a playoff against the Ukraine, who Ireland just had to go away to try and get a draw, and they lost the game. So it was very disappointing to, to not get there, particularly when, as I said, you look at some of the quality of the players and the teams that were there. Yes, the quality was high, but I think Ireland has such quality players. And, and when you look at some of the teams, particularly like Northern Ireland and and Portugal, I think Ireland definitely could have gone and competed, but it just wasn't to be. Before we let you go, Stephanie, we have to say a huge congratulations. Since we spoke to you last on Two Habs, you've got married to Dean, and you've done a stellar job on commentary and punditry over the Euros. And here you are again talking to us on Two Habs. So <laughs> thanks for coming on again. No problem, lads. Thanks for having me, and thank you. This tournament has been praised with really raising the profile of football for girls and women. Let's hear now from you and what you thought. Here's Grace who lives in England and Harry from Davistown who are following this tournament keenly. Hi, over here in England, the match was absolutely fantastic. Everyone was buzzing. Everyone was really joined together and united, especially because as you obviously know at this time last year, we obviously lost in the final and I think people didn't they had expectations but I think because they hadn't really seen the full strength of the Lionesses yet they were a bit wary and so when everything happened and when they obviously scored that first goal you could really tell that there was a major shift coming because they honestly played so united and they were such a solid unit of team and you can really give credit to the management and the the help that they gave them because they gave them that confidence that is really needed and I know like especially for girls in football I obviously don't play football as much but a lot of my friends do and a couple of our academies and stuff and they've even said the amount of difference in three years with how girls football is being perceived is honestly in England so amazing and we have to say over in England well done to the Lionesses they brought it home so it was absolutely fantastic the few games that I did watch were actually they were very entertaining the quality has definitely improved in women's football anyway there's been more support for the game yeah it was a great final when it came down to the extra time and England eventually prevailed it, it was very entertaining to watch and I did enjoy the Euro final if the Ireland woman did qualify into the next World Cup, then it would be more entertaining. I'd definitely be watching it with probably a few of my mates or something. Thanks, guys. Well, history has been made. And it's coming home and the Lionesses gave the roar of their lives. It's kind of sad that it's all over. And it's August. You know what that means, lads. Back to school. No, don't say it. Back to the Premier League and the World Cup in Qatar and the qualifiers for the Irish women and more of the beautiful game continues. Thanks to my co-presenters here at RT Junior Radio on this Euro special. That's you two, Addison and Jack. Gee, Harry, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Harry. And thanks to our guests on the show, Grace, Harry and Stephanie Roach. And from two halves, congratulations to England. We hope you've enjoyed these Euros as much as we've enjoyed this show. Until next time, get out and play football, watch it, read about it, or just listen back to all the two half podcasts on the RTE Junior website. There's the final whistle. It's time to go. Goodbye. From, From two, two halves. halves. Two halves.